This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Monday, February the 25th, I'm your host, D.A., and when we left you last on Friday, the news had just broken. Robert Kraft, one of the most influential owners in North American professional sports, owner, of course, of the New England Patriots, six-time champions, had been charged with soliciting a prostitute down in Jupiter, Florida, where he has a home. And so the reaction has been swift and heavy and loud over the course of these last couple of days and continued into Monday Those in Boston wondering if there's an anti-Boston bias. And so let's listen in on Mutt and Callahan with Alex Reamer on WEEI in Boston. Does the reaction to Robert Kraft highlight the hypocrisy of the NFL? Get ready for this. Jeff Perlman tweeted, the NFL will absolve Kraft of any sins because you can solicit (laughs) prostitutes, you can punch women, you can kill dogs, you can do drugs, top drugs. You just can't kneel to protest police brutality. What's wrong with that take? Um, first of all, I agree with that 100%. First of all, question. Shut up. You really think the NFL is going to absolve Robert Kraft of all sins? Just the opposite. They're going to go overboard right. because of that sentiment do you and think, give him black Do you think now, pick. in the NFL now, you can punch women? You can kill dogs? Do you think Michael Vick paid a price? You know, Michael Vick was walking back in the league. After well, he served jail time. Welton back in the league any time. Oh, yeah. Who's who signed him? Kareem Hunt, again, in, in, in December. Eric Reed. Weeks Eric Reed just signed a, a three-year, $22 million deal. He kneeled for okay. the anthem, Alex. Kareem Hunt, videotaped so weeks. He hits a woman. Two months later, he signed by the Cleveland Browns. But you, That's you, absolutely You right. agree with me. He's going to get suspended longer than Jim Mercy did. Yeah. So Perlman's wrong. They're going to punish him oh. more than they punish. He's going to get a bigger punishment than any owner in the, the history in, of the National but Football But in general, game. the NFL takes kneeling, t- uh, takes kneeling general, for racial NFL, justice don't, more don't seriously default, than violence against hey, women. Did, how much, general, we have an how much did they examples in front of did us. they find Kaepernick? How much did he pay a fine? How much did he get fined? He's not employed Suspension? Anymore. No. Not fine? He lost no. His job. Punishment? No. He lost was his he even, job. Was he even bad mouth insulted by anybody in the NFL? No. The idea, they handled him with kid gloves. Kid gloves. By the way, there's a whole story about Epstein slash Kraft. Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein and Bob Kraft. A couple of birds of a feather in Philadelphia, I think, the Inquirer. Philadelphia.com. And it's disgusting to think that Ep- the that, that Kraft, what Kraft did, rises to the level of what Epstein did. I, I mean, it's, it's, it, that's offensive. Yes, and it all peaked when Donald Trump got elected, according to Philadelphia. Oh, well, the we'll, point that we will get to that story tomorrow. Making, that, that we will we will deal with that guy tomorrow. We, we've had a million questions, million legal questions. I'm an idiot. I can't answer them. If he did what he did in Nevada, like in a different state, of in a different you know strip mall, in a different location in this country, it's not even a ticket. It's not even a. Vi- it's perfectly legal in Nevada. He's in Florida. It's not legal. 
And I understand that he's got a price to pay. I understand it's very humiliating, and he shouldn't have done it, and he's full of regret. But the idea that this is somehow uh, akin to, uh, like I said, um, uh, to, to R. Kelly or to Justin Fairfax. Well, how about or to, even to Jim Irsay? Or, or, or Jim to Irsay Ray Rice or Jim Irsay yeah. or, or, uh, or uh, Kareem Hunt. He's going to get lumped in with all the rest of the scumbags, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's inappropriate, in my opinion. Uh, it's inappropriate, but it is perfectly uh, okay with these people because they wanted things bad to happen to the Patriots. Some of these people have been waiting for this to happen. I'm sure in some circles around the NFL, there are people saying, finally, some embarrassment for the Patriots. They don't care that it's crap. They just want the Patriots to be embarrassed because they, as an organization, have rubbed everyone's face in it now for going on 20 years. And so to see any comeuppance to Belichick, Kraft, Brady, they are just happy to see it and are going to extremes. Bart Scott, the radio host from Atlanta, who we should play at some point. Rick uh, uh, Kamal, we should play him. He's an another idiot. They are celebrating this today. They don't care about the facts of the story. They are going to tie in craft and, and human trafficking together to make it look worse. With the success of the Patriots, there's no doubt that there's plenty of people that have been very anti-Pats, waiting for something to happen to the Pats, and when it did, wanted to seize upon it. But in this case, I think the reaction to Robert Kraft would be that way no matter what owner it was. You see, the problem is in the NFL, these owners have forever slapped the wrist of the players Blackballed players that did things like kneel for the national anthem, suspend or fine players that did other things off of the football field. Then here you have yet another owner in the NFL behaving badly. You have owners in the NFL like Jim Irsay that got arrested for driving under the influence. You have owners like Jerry Richardson who were forced to sell the team because of sexist and racist comments and behavior and culture inside the organization. And now you have Robert Kraft in the middle of a prostitution bust. The hypocrisy is simply that these owners demand better behavior from their players, but don't actually demand it from themselves. What happens with Robert Kraft? That's the next question. And obviously, the entire series has to unfold. But here's Boomer and Jerry Recco, Boomer Esiason, on WFAN in New York, asking the question, what does the commissioner now do about this situation? Here's what Roger Goodell needs to do from this point forward. What's that? Massive, fi- I forget the fines, massive suspensions. Yes. And in this case, for me, throw them out for a year, a full year. Because they, the, otherwise, you want to do it six games. Who cares? It doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's not going to affect you or me or anything that happens on the field. It's basically, it's about, the one, the one thing that I will say in terms of, if you want to take something away from somebody, don't allow them to show up. Agreed. And, you know, and, and part of you know being an NFL owner, especially one that has won six Super Bowls out of nine tries since he took over, is walking out on that field in front of your adoring 75,000 fans that love you for everything that you've done for them and their team and everything else. Uh, it, but just it's another thing that Roger Goodell now has to deal with when it comes to the Patriots. And the interesting thing is, is that we're talking about this with the combine getting ready to start now sure. in Indianapolis this week. And this is where the Giants are going to get their first look at Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray and Drew Locke and all the quarterbacks that will be available in this coming draft. So uh, it's a shame that this story uh, ended up hitting after we left on Friday. But at the end of the day, it's not shocking. The, the, what the real thing here is, is going to be what is Roger Goodell going to do to Robert Kraft? And how significant 
is the human trafficking aspect of all of this. Because if it's as, as significant as it sounds like it is, it sounds like the law enforcement is making it, uh, then I could see there are going to be other issues that are going to be uh, tied to this. Because uh, it's it's if it's because guys like Robert Kraft go to places like this yep. that the human trafficking happens in the first place. I just think it's got to be swift. It's got to be severe because at some point you have to let people know this stuff can't happen. And I understand he's not murdering anybody. I get it. But when you attach that phrase to it, it's really stupid, and he broke the law. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know that. I That's mean, what I he, said. I he, know that he doesn't know that. But, but it's still attached to it. He's probably figuring that you know the ladies have benefits and things of that nature, and they get two six week vacations and. Things of that nature. Oh, yeah, that's what he's thinking. Right. No, he's not thinking. He's he's not not thinking at all, right? Think about this. This is a strip mall in Florida. He's Robert Kraft. I know. I get it. So what? So the big, but it's not just him. The big How about issue, the I other guys on the list? Yeah, but okay, but the other guys on the list the aren't thing, in the NFL. But they're doing the same thing that he did. Fine. The other guys aren't in the public light owning a franchise that's been wildly successful and controversial. Oh, by the way, right. Based upon what everybody else thinks about them and what's happened over the last twenty years uh, since they've been winning with Belichick and all that, this is just another and a long line of things that we're going to talk about when their book is written. We are going to sit there and say the most amazing dynasty we saw in our lifetime. And, oh, by the way, they did this. Oh, and they did that, and they deflated <laughs> balls, and this guy goes to a massage parlor to get his rocks yeah, off. Yeah, I yeah. mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, I understand. I I know it's, it's ridiculous. And you talk about taking something away? They will. He will be suspended. I don't know if it'll be six games, ten games, or the full year. He'll miss the banner presentation for the Super Bowl championship when the season ends, and that'll suck for him. Well, but yeah. to me, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Full year. Get him out for the full year. Right. You set the example. As we mentioned on Friday's episode of Around the Dial, one thing that you should definitely look out for is perhaps not the NFL forcing the Kraft family to sell or docking massive draft picks, but instead gently nudging Jonathan Kraft to take over the day-to-day operations instead of Robert Kraft. Now, Robert has been the owner front and center since he bought the team. However, at this point in time, we're kind of waiting to see when Jonathan will take over the day-to-day It might now happen sooner rather than later because of this incident. So that was the depressing side of sports over the weekend. But how about the enlightening part of sports, the exciting part of sports, the happy part of sports, like Ja Rule's set at halftime of an NBA game becoming a disaster? The 2000s-era rapper, who's been in the middle of criticism surrounding the Fire Festival debacle, performed at halftime of the Milwaukee Bucks game over the weekend. And it was a nightmare. Here's Chuck and Winkler on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee breaking down whether Ja Rule is the biggest fail of the NBA season. You're in trouble when you have to come out and to and, and explain to the crowd while you're why you're there. Okay. I guess why? I was like, that's okay. A bad start. If you said the act wasn't so bad, why yeah. is he taking so much heat? What was so bad about it? What well, was what was the criticism? Well, the start of it, man. Like, his DJ or whatever didn't have his music ready. So he's sitting there like, are we ready? Are we ready? I mean, that's not a great start. Describing it's... why you're there is not a good start. Yeah. I mean, I've seen worse performances of what I'm saying. It wasn't okay. good. I'm not going to go home and, like, bump Ja Rule all weekend. There was a couple people, though, that were into it. Like, a couple guys, like, with their girls, you know. And it's funny because you remember those songs. The one with He did the one with Jennifer Lopez. 
And so people are like singing along and dancing. You know, most people went and got their drinks and got their food. It's halftime. But the people that stuck around, they seem to enjoy All right. uh, Rule Baby. I mean, that if that's a... what you like, I'm not going to criticize you. But I mean, it's just, I mean, not I don't gonna, like it. I don't feel, I think it feels the 45 year old white guy out there. I got a big kick out of it, to tell you the, the truth. The Timberwolves put out a tweet as the Bucks were playing the Timberwolves. They beat them, by the way, Saturday. We'll have more on that in a minute. Uh, but the Timberwolves put out a, a tweet like making fun of Ja Rule. To which he quote tweeted, You just jinxed yourself talking to the God this way. You're cursed now. You won't win a championship for the next 30 years. And Carl Anthony Towns is leaving. Apologize to me and I'll lift the curse. Oh, boy. Kiss of death. Oh, gosh. So now Ja Rule is feuding with the Timberwolves. Like the Bambino leading Boston. (laughs) Yep. Now you pissed off Mr. Rule. 100 years years are going to go without winning a title. There's going to be Timberwolves fans in 50 years asking their fathers, why are we cursed, Daddy? Sure. Well, Mr. Rule, 35 years ago. Sir Ja. Because they've been such a relevant franchise for the last 30 years. Right. But, hey, going back to it, so, like, they have the graphics, the 90s graphics. I thought it was so cool because they have, like, the old school team logos and then even the box score, Chuck. It was like when you would go to the game in the 90s, you know, just the way, like, the appearance of it. So I was like, man, this is throwback. This is really cool. But it made no sense because, like you said, the players – they didn't really get into it. It's not just the jerseys, but like you gotta if you're doing wear the 90s nights, Well, here's the deal. If you're doing 90s night, like, you wear gotta the wear the jerseys. Shorts. Why do we keep going back to the 90s night with the Bucks when the Bucks were terrible in the 90s? I want to forget about the 90s Bucks. Because my, how I'm 35, what are you, 30? Yeah. We'll go there. We like, <laughs> we like, are obsessed with the 90s. Okay. It was the best ever. Okay. Yeah, Growing was. up in the 90s was awesome. Okay. Now, what about it the guys? It was just the best. You had. You had pre-internet and then internet. You had still good cartoons on. It was just the '90s were awesome. Okay, so the and 80s. so we're trying to bring them back all the time with movies and Backstreet Boys and Ja Rule. We had oh, 90210. We had Melrose Place. We're bringing all so that why back. Are we Baywatch. Why, why are we carrying the guys like me who like the '80s? Man, when you got Ja Rule explaining to the crowd who he is and that on 90s night he probably should not be there. When you have his DJ not ready for the set music and Ja Rule having to buy time. Are we ready? Are we ready? I mean, that's not a great start. When you finally have Ja Rule on the stage performing, and yet nearing the end of his set, Giannis Antetokounmpo, amongst other players for the Bucks, come out there and start warming up while he's performing. That's the ultimate sign of disrespect and the ultimate disaster for NBA halftime shows. It's just all types of beauty surrounding Ja Rule and this. Yet another black eye for Ja Rule. Rule, baby. We're still waiting to see where Bryce Harper lands. We're nearing a week since Manny Machado decided to head out to San Diego to become a member of the Padres. So where are we with Bryce Harper? We are hearing that Bryce has been coming to a completion with his talks with the Phillies. But does that mean he's signing with the Phillies? Or is Bryce Harper playing the Phils? Here's Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie on WIP in the city of brotherly love. The longer this goes on, John, the longer this goes on, and it's just my feeling as a Phillies fan, it feels to me like Bryce Harper, not as much Scott Boris, but I mean both of them, uh, is playing the Phils. It feels to me like the Phillies are being played. This is a situation 
where the Phillies have, we believe, have had the biggest deal out there, and yet he's not signing it. He's not signing it. John, I know negotiations are to use teams. I understand that. I get that. But to me, and I'm curious if this resonates with anyone else at 888-729-9494, that this situation, how it's going on, the way it keeps going on, it's not just that Bryce Harper and 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 Scott Boris are using the Phillies, as they should for negotiating purposes, but that they're actually playing the Phillies. Agree or disagree, 888-729-9494. John, you see your snicker. man, I am you don't, you don't feel that? Yes, you don't, you don't, yes, you don't of course. That's Scott Boris's job, to play every team, to extract as much money as humanly possible out of every team. That's what he does. This, the... the yeah, but when well, I but John, I want to be they're clear. not being played to the point where they're not going to get Bryce Harper. Yeah, see, that's what this I'm getting at. Is, this is an historic opportunity for Bryce Harper. We know that this deal is going to be the biggest of all time. And no, it really might not be. And actually. Scott Boris <laughs> is Scott Boris is looking at this as a the biggest feather in his cap that is replete with Hundreds of birds worth of feathers already. Right, like he is doing everything he can. He is treating this like it's the the contract to end all contracts, and so of course he is playing everyone, pitting teams against one another, pitting teams against us, pitting teams that aren't even in it, as evidenced by the the Nationals. You know, their owner comes out and says they haven't even talked to him for months. Right, yet we're here. You know, we're being told all along that the Nationals were uh, a major player this first of all the fact that this is all uh all all the news that comes out on this you can bet it is originating from the boris office vast majority of it and we know we heard all along that bryce was in in this for a long-term deal we heard the stipulation that this is if he is into a short-term deal which i mean we're told he's not. Well, so we, that doesn't worry me. This is more just nonsense. This is much ado about nothing. That of course the Dodgers are interested if it's a short-term deal, but he's not. Well, you don't know that, John. Okay, How you're you, right. Yeah, you don't know what that. What we do know is that this is the place he belongs because we can pay him the most for the longest. If he doesn't and want, John, if he doesn't he want, wants. It. No, you don't. That's what he wants. How? That's what Boris wants. That's what he wants. And uh. in order to get the most humanly possible, Scott Boris is uh. doing his job, Joe. I understand he's doing his job. There's a difference between negotiating and, and being played. What I'm telling you is the longer this really? goes on. Yes. No. No, yes. There's not. John, because I don't think there's Bryce leverage. Listen, that, that, I, John, he's creating leverage just... for himself. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So wait a second. How does this make sense? I mean, Bryce Harper has played in the Northeast for his career thus far. This would be a team in the division he would be very familiar with. 
It's a major market. It's a desperately engaged sports city, and the Phillies have admitted that they've got stupid money to spend. And so what's the problem here? Why are there so many talks between Bryce Harper and the Phillies, but nothing actually getting done? I mean, we have now the price tag for Manny Machado. How much more is there for Bryce Harper and the Phillies to work out? Casey Stern of the MLB Network joined Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., Bryce Harper's last baseball home. And the question is, has Bryce Harper ever really wanted to sign in Philadelphia? Let's listen in. I think it's probably over the long haul been more so about his lack of wanting to join the Phillies. And, you know, people get all kinds of, like, insecure about their own city. Look, this is not, you know, Philadelphia's not a good sports town, or he doesn't like it, or the organization hasn't treated him well, or he hasn't been excited about what he's heard. This is a Vegas guy who wants to be on the West Coast, who knows he's one of probably GP only to be, which is sad, four or five players in this entire sport right now who have really crossover brand recognition where he can make that kind of money off the field. He knows it's way easier for him to do it in Hollywood and L.A. in the front row as a Laker fan watching LeBron than it is in Philadelphia. So I think really over the long haul, it's been more about the fact that the team that's had the most interest, which has always been Philly, had the most desire to spend money, which has always been Philly, has been the lowest on his list of all of his suitors. So why don't we look at this from the perspective then? Let's say the Phillies are willing to give him 10 years and 300 on the dot, but nothing more than that, because there's not a second team we don't think right now that's up high at the 10-year range in the bidding. I've always said, unless he can break a record, he's not signing a 10-year deal. He and Boris have wanted a record and nothing short of that. If he can't get that record, is it time then that he just pivots back to the Dodgers or somebody else and says, well, I'll get another record, because I'll still justify it as a win if I sign for two years at $35 million apiece and I make more as an AAV than anybody's ever made over one year before. Because to me, the whole point is they can't take the L and basically admit at the end of this that they were wrong and not be the highest paid player in one capacity or the other. Yeah, I, I think you know part of this, just to kind of I'll answer that, but I think part of the answer here is everybody wants to blame Bryce. If we had a situation where the Yankees hadn't taken Stanton's money and we had the Dodgers not where they are with the tax and maybe the Red Sox not having the payroll they did, the Cubs not being in the situation they're in. I know there's a lot of ifs. If we had the four biggest teams you wanted to go to all at play, we're not talking about them having to worry about any of this because he would have had the record. So I think, you know, people would use this now as something having to do with Scott or about Bryce, but it really has been about the market and the teams that he's had to choose from. I do think personally, and I've always felt it's going to take like 10 at 330. It's going to take an 11th year. It's going to take some kind of a crazy opt-out or incentive to either go shorter or longer, something that is going to be above and beyond what we just saw with Machado anyway, because, you know, what I've been calling the hotel bill deal, which is like, you know, when you step over the bill that's under your door to walk out and go check out anyway, that's the way he was offered this deal with the Nationals. There's no way he could take that. So, you know, they knew they were putting that out in the public and it was putting them in a good spot, so they looked like they did something. They also knew he had to refuse it. There was no way after last year's market we knew enough to know that he should go ahead and take a deal with zero opt-outs and $100 million or whatever it is deferred. So, you know, he's been put in this spot. I do think the Phillies will have to break the mark. I don't think it'll be two years, personally, but I think if he went shorter, whether it's four or five or however it is, I'm with you. I think the AAV will be absurd, uh, I, you know, to a high level, to a much higher level than it's ever been. So, yes, I think he wants to break a record. No, I don't think he wants to play in Philly. And, yes, I think this is 
the greatest thing that's happened to Bryce and his camp the last 24 to 48 hours because the team that he's wanted to go to the entire time, literally since day one, is back in at least to an extent with the Dodgers. All right, so this is a fascinating angle to this story, that Bryce Harper all along has known exactly what the Phillies bring to the table, but has never actually wanted to play in Philadelphia. Perhaps that's because of how angry that fan base can be, how much animosity that sports city can have, that if you are the guy and you're getting all of that money, you better win championships or else you become the whipping boy. You become the villain of the pariah, and maybe Bryce Harper's never wanted that. In fact, Bryce Harper being from Las Vegas, maybe he's never wanted to re-sign or sign a big deal on the East Coast. Maybe he's always wanted to go to the West Coast, but had to engage the Philadelphia Phillies in hopes of driving up the price or at least waiting to see if anybody else jumped in. So this is super interesting. Imagine going through all of this, this song and dance, the Phillies admitting they have all of this money to spend, and you know exactly what they bring to the table, and that you don't want to be there, and you're just hoping and waiting that the team, like the Dodgers, finally jumps into the fray. But does that mean that you're going to get the deal that you want? Because the Dodgers are not going to spend $330 million on you, and so do you have to swallow your pride and take a short-term deal? All of this, a late bend, a late turn on the road course of Bryce Harper's free agency signing. Now this is when it's starting to get good. So let's wrap up with the Alliance. This has kind of become a bit of a signature here on Around the Dial, getting some last-minute AAF news in here. And so in Atlanta with the Legends, Atlanta is a bad team. They finally had a home game and played at the old Turner Field, former home of the Atlanta Braves, where Georgia State football plays now. Apparently, attendance was not great. The Legends themselves have kind of been a disaster. Michael Vick has been ousted as offensive coordinator and their head coach, Brad Childress, left on the eve of the season, hoping to find another job in the NFL. And so Atlanta has been a team spinning its wheels over the first three weeks of the AAF season. In the morning show with John Fricky and Hugh Douglas, a 92-9 the game in Atlanta brought up the idea, is it time for Mike Vick to play for the Legends and save this team? I know that there have been some kind of like, hey, hey, ha, ha, yeah, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod stuff about Michael Vick, you know, suiting up and playing in a game. But if you're the Atlanta Legends now, of course, he doesn't even work for the Legends anymore. He works for the league. You know, I think at some point the league has got to take some kind of a bold step. If you want to save this franchise in Atlanta, you should, as a league, ask Michael if he wants to play and make him the quarterback of the Atlanta Legends. John, I, that sounds crazy to me. Michael Vick is not – he's not – I mean, I know what he was when he played, but he's not hes not going to play in this league. He's not going to be a quarterback in this league. I, I don't see that happening at all. I don't even see that him entertaining that as a thought. I mean, no, nah, I don't see that. Well, if they don't, then guess what? I got news for you. I think the Legends are, I think the legends are done They'll for. Be right. where, where you, like, first of all, they got to find a quarterback. First of all, right. this league has to – it will get better. I, I think that it will get better as we go along with this. But I don't – Michael Vick is not the answer. Michael Vick is not the answer. Well, what's the answer to drawing fans there? Because I think they, they play on the road this week, okay? What did they, they, what did they, they have? They had about 10, what? 10,700, smallest that, opening crowd, and that's the biggest crowd they'll have all year. That's a nice start for a, for a beginning for your first home game, I would think. I know that they're, they're anticipating more, but this is, still a, uh, this is still a grassroots movement for this league. 
I think it eventually will get better. I think people, when they look at this, they f- probably feel the same way that I feel. The biggest thing that they're lacking right now is the, the dynamic quarterback play. And I think that the reason why Birmingham is having the successes they're having is they're benefiting from the fact that Trent Richardson played in the NFL for a while. And he's, he's, a, he's head and shoulders better than anything they got back there as far as running the ball. And, and he, he, he provides them some type of stability as far as that's concerned. Because if you, know, if you notice, any team that has a young quarterback that's playing or a quarterback that's not that great, they have a strong running game. And that's where they're eating at. The Birmingham fire, the Birmingham, whatever they're called, uh, the Iron are uh, they're they're eating off the fact that they they have a running back that played at the next level, right? No, I and and you're looking at it from a football perspective about how the teams match up against. And you're looking other. at it from a from a selling tickets perspective, right? Which I'm not sure that this, I you know, see here it is. You got the Carolina Hurricanes owner who bails out the front, whole league by with 250 million dollars, so they wouldn't even made it to this week. They might have folded. And he wants to put a franchise where his team is in Raleigh, and I'm kind of thinking maybe that's us. Maybe. Uh, I think, to your point, that people came out because they, they knew they were going to roll Michael Vick out. They did that before the game. Maybe that was the case. I think that there is a role for Michael Vick, but it ain't suiting up. I don't think that that's the, that's the right move to make. I think they, they should have had Mike Vick be the offensive coordinator for whatever reason. When Coach Childress left, that's where they went. it went south for them. I think that a people people of Atlanta were excited about the fact that Michael Vick was the offensive coordinator. I think they were excited about the fact that they were going to get a get a chance to see him in a different light. I think people wanted to see how successful he was going to be outside of of playing quarterback because we all know what type of quarterback Michael Vick was, and we all heard the rumors about Michael Vick as far as him being a student of the game. Now that you're coaching the game, I think that was uh, one thing that people were real curious about. But as far as going out there and seeing them play, no, I don't think I don't think that's the answer for them. I really don't. I just don't see any other way to sell tickets. I, I, I see no other way to get anybody to go down there to watch that team. Short I think it's going to take time. It's brand new. I think it's a it's a brand new league, and it's going to take time for people to get excited about it. The bottom line, and, and not only that, John, you coming in, well, you was on a two game losing streak. Now you're on a one, you're on a three game losing streak. So it's one of those things. If you if you're winning, I think people will come watch. To see, I think the biggest thing right now is that your quarterbacks, both of them, are just guys, and they know that. They're just guys. No disrespect to anybody. Aaron Murray, been on the show a couple times, uh, and the Young Sims kid. They're just guys. They're, they're, not, they're not dynamic right now, right now, and it's going to take some time for them to be that way. Look, I'm already all in on the alliance, but now – the idea that Mike Vick would come back to play in the Alliance? Oh, yeah, now now I'm all in. Give me some of that. I mean, didn't Vick just play in that flag football league? Yeah, let's sign him up. I mean, I love Hugh Douglas there saying, dude, that's not going to happen. He does not want to play in this league. John, I, that sounds crazy to me. Michael Vick is not – he's not – I mean, I know what he was when he played, but he's not, he's not going to play in this league. But I want to see it. I want to see Mike Vick back out there with those wheels and that arm making things happen. Then the Atlanta Legends become a must-watch venture. I like this idea. We start stumping for this as the next cause in the AAF. That will do it for us. That's the best in your sports talk for Monday, February the 25th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 